Hi, everyone. I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Gwendolyn Randolph, professor in the Department of Pathology and Immunology at the Washington University School of Medicine, St. Louis. Dr. Randolph recently joined us for a webinar discussing strategies that the intestine uses to limit the dissemination of inflammatory signals in the venous and lymphatic vasculature. Let's get right into it. Kind of a general question, Gwen, but uh, can you just clarify what's the mechanism for the removal of neutralized LPS? Yes. So as I pointed out, so LBP is interacting with, as one of the cargo proteins on the HDL particle. It appears to, in ways that structurally we don't completely understand, but it appears to to physically mask, we think, the ability of LPS to be transferred to CD14. And so we actually think that binding site is blocked. So once then it arrives to the liver, the TLR4 doesn't see it. It actually can flow out of the liver. But what we do know is that it eventually does get recognized by another enzyme called acyl-oxyacylhydrolase, which can then cleave off the fatty acyl chains and, and that essentially inactivates the LPS. But the HDL portion of it appears to be that only HDL3 is the subspecies that can really bind to LBP. And when LBP is combined with HDL, instead of promoting TLR4 signaling, it inhibits it by inhibiting recognition of the ligand. Fantastic. Great answer. So going back to your, when you were talking about the flow of HDL, uh, was this analysis done in the jejunum, the ileum, or the large bowel? So that's a good question. And the analysis was done actually. It, so if you go to the resource paper, so the whole data set would be available in one of the resource papers that I showed. So the data that I show in the graph is actually a combination of activating a spot in the duodenum, the jejunum, and the ileum. So you're seeing a combined outflow from the small intestine. We also, in other data in the paper, show the ileum, jejunum, and duodenum separately. And each of them do generate some signal, but the ileum generates the most. The paper does not show any analysis of the large bowel. That is something that we're really interested to do in the future. So what's quite uh, intriguing to us is that the large bowel actually does not express ApoA1. And that seems initially counterintuitive because we know, of course, the large bowel is going to have quite a lot of LPS. But the large bowel is also not an absorptive area. So we think that the HDL is especially designed, you know, to to hit that enterohepatic dilemma that I was pointing out that when you're open to absorption, you have to have something there to counteract absorbing microbial signals. So we 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 do see a little signal when we photoactivate the colon, but it's not nearly as much as the ileum and from single cell sequencing from other groups it appears as though the colon does not actually generate HDL from the epithelium. Fantastic. Is the the development of tertiary lymphoid structures in mouse models of colitis reversed following the reduction of mucosal inflammation? 
So that that's a good question, and the answer to that question will be elaborated on in the in the I think our paper in immunity that I will be out in five days as an early online, and then it will be in the December issue of Immunity. And what we find is that we actually treat the mice with a therapeutic, you know, an anti-TNF to mimic the anti-TNF that many patients are given. And uh, what we find is that if we start the therapeutic before or at a very early stage that the TLOs are developing, and we begin to see them about eight weeks of age in this spontaneous ileitis model, that that can definitely prevent the further progression and onset of more TLOs. But once the TLOs have formed, the anti-TNF does not reverse their remodeling, but it can promote loss of cellularity, you know, because they're accumulating both fluid and cells and, and it can restore flow. But once these structures have developed, we think that they are really difficult to reverse. And so you sort of leave a scar. And eventually we show in the paper that as the mouse ages, the disease also worsens in the model. And once you hit really highly developed TLOs, the anti-TNF really stops being able to uh, restore lymph flow because they've developed in such a way that, that and they don't reverse. So it's really hard to restore. So I think this this is clinically interesting potentially because it may be parallel to the clinical observation that when patients take anti-TNF early after diagnosis, they have a better chance of that therapy actually being efficacious as compared with anti-TNFs that are started at a later disease, disease stage. And so we're curious if in fact the development of TLOs may be one of the uh, considerations in the efficacy of that anti-inflammatory therapy. Perfect. Yeah, another great answer there. Do you know if LDL-lowering agents like niacin could allow bacterial or LPS dissemination more from the gut? So I think the question probably needs to be, so, so niacin has been shown in humans to be able to raise HDL. However, and it can potentially lower, so in this model, if you recall, so we're not studying mice in a scenario where they have hypercholesterolemia. So really, we don't have high VLDL and LDL in mice is very low. So we're very interested now in to get into other animal models where LDL is relevant. But niacin in some animal models can raise HDL and in humans. We do not know if it raises HDL from an intestinal source. And so really the answer to your question is not yet known. But of course, what we're really interested in pharmacologically and what we show in the paper is that we can use other strategies like LXR agonist orally to hit the intestine to raise HDL and that is protective. So we don't have an answer with respect to niacin per se, and the mouse model that we have is really not nicely designed to address that question. But we do already, and we published in the in this story, uh, have some evidence that raising HDL from the intestine will protect the liver in a wide variety of models. And we're very interested in seeing that go forward as a potential therapeutic strategy to treat liver disease of, of intestinal associated with intestinal injuries. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.